when we are talking through what it looks like to give our whole lives to Him. We're in a three-week series here, and this is the last of the three weeks, so you look back a couple of weeks, we were talking about committed to worship, and we were walking through Romans 12, 1 and 2, we talked about what it looked like to worship. Remember, worship, it's so much more than just music. Yes, it can be what you sing, but it's how you move, it's how you act, it's how you talk, it's everything you bring with every breath you have. What is your worship like of your God? And we talked through giving your all to Him. Committed in worship, breath by breath, 24-7, all week long, may Christ get our all. And all of God's people said, that's huge, man, that we grasp the worship in it all. And then last week, we were talking about committed to serve. Man, as we begin to celebrate who Jesus Christ is and we grasp all that he's doing, hear me, if you believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, if you confess him as your Lord, you are saved And in the moment you're saved, where Jesus Christ is all over in and throughout your life with that, the Holy Spirit takes up residence. And from that moment, with the Holy Spirit within, he brings a spiritual gift, an enablement to you that helps you to be a part of something within the church. He has this huge plan to build the church and the Holy Spirit gifting you. In fact, it says in Ephesians 4, that you who are saved with gifts, you are a gift yourself to the church. Whatever your local church is, there you are a gift. And as God works in you, and as God reveals through you, and as God allows you to have a role with him, you get to be able to see God do amazing things in, around, and through you. Praise be to God. Gifted to serve. It's a huge deal. And last week, as we talked about it, we brought up the uh, challenge, and at the end, we just said, hey, if there's anybody here who would like to be serving with us, and we passed out these cards, and we let people go ahead and fill those out, and we collected those, we ended up having over 350 new names come in to serve this last week. Praise God for that. That's a huge deal, and uh, just an awesome moment to be able to get people plugged in to be able to make much of Jesus Christ. Over 350 people. So just so you know, this past week when those names came in, I ended up sending an email out to all of you. So if you did fill out a card, you should have gotten an email back from me. If you did not, then we do not have your right email, all right? So make sure you get that email. If you did not get it, then connect up with the office. We'd love to get that connected to you. And then I pass those out to the staff according to how you had checked the boxes. And so those are gonna be fanned out to our staff along the way, and they're gonna be getting in touch with you over the next couple weeks based on how you check the boxes and where you would like to jump in serving with us, all right? So what an awesome week last week because we got over 300 names coming in and we already got four or 500 names of volunteers and so just a ton of people coming at this. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, it's a huge deal, committed to the king. And uh, today we're gonna close the series with committed to give. Committed to give, here we're talking about what we're doing, not with our time or our talents in that regard or our giftings, but what we're doing with those physical possessions we own, the money or the physical possessions that we have and giving in that regard and what that looks like. So turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 16, starting in verse 1. The first step here in committed to give is collect weekly, collect weekly. Weekly, that's not weekly like lamely, that's weekly like every seven days, right? Collect weekly. And uh, it says, 
Now, concerning the collection for the saints, concerning the collection for the saints. So again, he says the saints here, we're talking about those who are saved. Everybody say, those who are saved. Okay, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. As I directed the churches in Galatia, so you are to do. So we're talking about the, those things concerning the saints that's within the local church and within the other local churches around them. In fact, one very specifically that had some things going on at that time, but a collection going on to care for the saints both within the local church and within the other local churches around. This is the ability to be able to build the church locally and abroad. May we be able to take care of the needs of what are going on right here in our own church, within our own church walls, and caring for the different needs going on with benevolence and everything else that we have taking place. And may we also be able to reach out to those areas right around us and way international, making much of him and getting after it for him. Concerning the saints, this is about the building up of the church. And he told the church in Galatia, here's what it's going to look like. This is some ways that we would want you to go after giving. And then he told the church at Corinth, do the same thing, collect the same way. And so really, this is how the church is to collect. And so this is for us. Everybody say, this is for us, right? This is what it looks like to be going after caring for the saints, both locally and abroad. He said, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. On the first day of the week, okay, put something aside and store it up. Take a guess what the first day of the week is. Okay, so it's Sunday, and so the first day of the week, just so you know, this is one of those passages that gets used for, like, why in the world do you guys do an offering every single Sunday? Why are you passing that? On the first day of the week, we're allowing you to be able to put some things away, to put some things aside. And just to be super clear, he's talking to the church at Corinth here, and he was talking to the church at Galatia likewise, both urban churches. And the way the people made money is they tended to buy and sell. They built things and sold things. And so they would make money like on a daily basis. Daily, they would have monies coming in. And he's like, hey, at the end of each week, kind of take inventory of where you're at and have sort of a first fruits giving, a first givings back at the end of each week. So that's because they had kind of that daily thing going on. They did this on a weekly basis, some sort of collecting and uh, for us, some of you, you get paid on a weekly basis, and uh, some of you get paid on a daily basis, but most get paid like either on a weekly basis or maybe even a bi-weekly every two weeks, or maybe you even get paid monthly, right? And so it's really about based on when you have it coming in, trying to make a reasonableness to things and being able to do a first fruit setting aside of in order to be able to give in, all right? Being able to make sense out of it along the way as God so provides to you. He said, so as I've directed the other churches, do the same thing. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. Each of you is to take advantage of setting aside some of the things that you have going on and being able to say, thank you, God, for blessing into my life. And now, Lord, I'm going to take a little bit of this and I'm going to set it aside to be able to care for those saints, those believers, and to be able to help build the church and glorify you. You own it all, God. So I'm giving a little bit back to you. Thanks for giving to me. That's a huge deal and a huge privilege along the way. And um, 
being able to store it up, in other words, covering some of the needs for today and some of the needs for whatever may come tomorrow and making sense out of that along the way. And uh, it was a sweet privilege for the saints to be able to take part in caring for one another. And uh, each of them called to be able to give a first fruits giving accordingly. He said, each of you put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, right? As he may prosper, literally according to what God gives you. Like based on what God's giving you, then so you turn around and give back to him in proportion. Like, thank you, Lord. And let's make this super clear. As God gives into your life, he's got a couple of thoughts in mind about what you're going after. First and foremost, as he gives in for you to be able to do first fruits giving back. Like God gives to you, you're like, thank you, God, you're awesome. And you're giving a little bit back to him of that, some of that. So that's first, is that first fruits piece. But then it's also about the general operating, the daily expenses of life, being able to cover your needs. And that's for real. God is giving into your life. He's providing financially into your life so that those needs can be covered. And then beyond just the daily needs, it's being able to look at things like a little bit of entertainment and relaxation for your family. It's not wrong to take a vacation. God gave in, and it isn't wrong to be able to celebrate and relax a bit. In fact, we're going to be talking a lot about the word celebrate in the next series coming up. God takes it very seriously that when he gives, he longs for there to be a celebration with some of what was given. Very serious about that. So there's the first fruits giving, there's the day-to-day expenses of life, there's the vacationing, the enjoying a little bit, making sense out of that, and then saving for the long haul as well and making sense out of that. God gives for all of that to be covered, okay? And so be wise with it and do enjoy the first fruits giving where you get to give back in a worship and do take care of your general operating and do plan to have some enjoyable elements with family and do make sure you're setting up for the longer haul as well and making sense out of it. There's a storing up that takes place. And in this case here, he's talking very specifically about being able to give to the needs of the saints and help the church run and care for those who are in dire need and making sure there's protection in that. And he's like, let's make sure we've got a partnership in this and let's make sure it's planned and makes some sense along the way. Now he says, give as you may prosper, and this is really kind of a percentage according to, right? And so some of you may have heard of the word tithe before, right? Tithe. And so that's a word, it's an Old Testament word that means 10%, a tenth. That's what it literally means, a tenth. And some have been taught you must tithe. I'll just say this, the Old Testament speaks about a tithe, a tenth to be given, but we do also hear that the Old Testament spoken of as being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The New Testament does not give the word tenth anywhere or tithe. It doesn't talk about the amount you give and the percent that you give. Instead, it talks about the heart behind that give and going after that with all you've got. So if you're like, I really have no idea where I'd even start, I mean, it's easy to say, well, look, we've got an example in the Old Testament where when God was putting down some law, he decided to go with 10%, and there's a great starting point in and around that number, right, to understand and appreciate what God was directing them with, but no, it is so about the heart. It may be giving 10% or even well above that. You might be the over and above, lavishing it on, I'm going after it, giving. Your heart is celebrating him. That's what it's all about. It is worship to the max and making much of Jesus Christ along the way. And uh, 
as he may prosper. You know, you might be like, I gave $39,000 to the church last year. And uh, really? Jeez, can I ask, how much do you make? I make 30000 That's a terrible plan, <laughs> right? We all get that? Like, it is not about give to the point where there is nothing left, lavish it all back on God, and be stuck. Everybody say, not that. Right? It is a first fruits giving. It is a portion up front set aside to say, thank you, God, you're awesome. But it's still covering needs. It's still managing some level of enjoyment and celebration. And it is managing the long haul of family as well. All right? It's not giving it all away and saying, that is so godly. That is actually missing a major point in it, okay? And, and if you're in a spot where you can give away all that you make because of something else that's happened in life and you have other money saved up, praise God for that, super fired up for you. But for the average person with the average income, it is a first fruits level gift. It is a portion of to give back, to say, thank you, God, you are awesome. And uh, as he may prosper. Now, you might be looking at a number like a 10% and going, yeah, that's not happening anytime soon. I don't know how I could get up to that kind of number. And, and uh, I'm not even giving close to that. And so here's just a little thought, a practical tip, all right? It, it's a great idea to maybe you start out giving just a couple of percent, one, two, three percent, or four percent, whatever. You start out at some number and you're like, I'm going to start here, God, and I'm going to begin to give this to you right now. I can make some things move around and I'm going with this right now. And the next time you end up with a raise and that raise comes in, whatever it is, three, four percent, whatever you get, and you're able to say, hey, I'm going to give some or maybe even all of that over. That's going to become tithe money right away. That's going to become my giving money right away. And all of a sudden you're moving to, from like whatever you're giving now to you've jumped up to six, seven percent giving in just a little bit of time, a year or whatever. And you're progressing along saying, God, I want to move into being a giver. I want to move towards giving to you. And it doesn't take much to be able to give some up front and then make sense out of that along the way. And as God gives more, as he prospers more, we'll use the word from the passage, as he prospers more into your life for you to be able to take off the top of that even more yet and keep giving more and saying, Lord, I long for you to be worshiped. That's a huge deal, to be able to celebrate him along the way as he may prosper. And... Uh, now I'm just going to say this, giving is just an action, okay? To give is an action, but there is a heart behind the action. And what is the biblical heart behind giving? So I just wrote five words down. You might want to write these down. Five things that are true about a biblical heart of giving, right? Number one, it is worshipful, worshipful. And uh, the biblical heart of giving is not, I can't believe I have to. The biblical heart of giving is, God, you are awesome. And I'm celebrating you. And I'm lifting you up. And because of what you've done, and Jesus, because you died for me and you rose for me, God, because you're working in my life, because you've blessed me with this, so now I'm giving back to you. It is worship. And uh, it's a huge deal. Number two, it is intentional. It is intentional. There is a purpose behind it and a plan behind it. You heard him say in the passage here, giving weekly, collecting weekly, right? Make sure you're setting aside on a sort of a regular basis based on however God is blessing into your life, whether that be on a 
weekly or every two weeks or every four weeks or whatever that looks like. Make sense out of that based on what God's doing and have a plan and a purpose on the when and on the how much. What what does that look like? What are you going to do with it? And I'm just telling you, intentional giving is so important. If you don't have a plan, in the end, you know how you're going to live life. You're going to be like, okay, it all came in. First thing we're going to do is pay off all those bills, all that stuff that it takes to live every day. Then we're going to, well, let's do a little bit of fun stuff. We need a little break. And then maybe we should set something aside for tomorrow. And I got nothing left. You know, and then you end up in that last minute moment where you're like, God, I don't know what I can give. I, I guess I can just give you, right? It's that leftovers kind of giving. And uh, that's what happens if we don't set the plan. And so be intentional. Decide what it looks like to give. And so worshipful and intentional. And then number three, proportionate. It is based on what God gives you. And uh, if you want to use a percentage kind of statement, then great. Go ahead with that. Just be careful because a lot of people then fall into the trap of beginning to try to measure the give. It's not about the number. It is about the heart behind the give and going after it. You might give well over and above that magic number that I'm not going to say anymore, right? And so there's a lot of percentages out there that you can go after. And being able to be a big giver to your God and a heart of giving in it is an awesome goal and worshipful, intentional, proportionate. Number four, sacrificial. Sacrificial. And uh, being able to hand it over to your God, uh, that which basically means something to you. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Like we give some clothes to the Goodwill each year. And uh, so I hand over my t-shirts to Goodwill. What I don't do is take all the brand new t-shirts as I pull them out of the pack and give them to Goodwill, right? I end up giving them to my drawer and I use those. And then I take the things that I've worn and I say, I have gotten great use out of this shirt. And I fold it up and with respect, take it over and hand it. Now they're The Goodwill ends up taking it and people can take advantage of that and it's great that they're using it. It is giving. I did give. May not quite measure up to generous, right? I didn't want it anyway. It was really loading up my drawer. It was kind of packed, you know? I mean, I'm at this spot where I don't even know if I like that color of t-shirt anymore and whatever the thought might be as you hand it over, I read this this week in a quote, generosity is not in the leftovers, Generosity is not in the leftovers. Really, for us to be able to lavish on even what matters, what's important to us. And uh, generosity is not in the leftovers. Sacrificial giving is a part of first fruits giving and being able to make much of your God in it. Worshipful, intentional, proportionate, sacrificial. And then the last one, celebratory. Celebratory. This is a huge deal. God wants us cheerful and loving it. We're going to talk more about that in the third point. Giving happily, celebrating along the way. You heard Pastor Mike say today as he did the announcements, hey man, it's about time for us to take the offering in worship and continue in worship, amen? And then you guys applauded, right? And we applaud for the offering around here a lot of times. And some of you are like, I know, I, I think that's a little weird. I don't know if I like the applauding for the offering thing. And I'm just going to say there's something we're doing in it. I will admit this. It is weird. We'll admit that. But the bottom line is it's got purpose. We're remembering that the rest of the service is about worship. And so is this. And my God has given to me. And I'm going to make much of him. May God get all the glory. And we're happy to be celebrating as we give back to him 
first fruits giving. And remember, we pass the offering on a weekly basis. It says collect weekly. And so we're making that available to you for you to be able to take advantage of, for you to be able, as you're saving up, to end up saying, I'm going to give across now to God into this. And as you give into this church, man, there's so much going on here that we end up caring for both locally and abroad. We'll talk more about that in the second point. And uh, huge deal. Uh, worshipful, intentional, proportionate, sacrificial, and celebratory. And he says here at the end, uh, so, that, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So there will be no collecting when I come. Like, there was some needs going on in the local church back then. And as he showed up in town, there was a lot of times where he'd be like, all right, we got a need going on in this church over here, in this case, Jerusalem. We got a need in this church, and we need you to rally up and collect. And all of a sudden, you got people going, wow, I I kind of already, I already gave a lot. I spent a lot in other areas. I don't have anything. And, I, and so all of a sudden, the last minute notification wasn't working out real well. And he's like, let's do this. God's pouring into your life on a regular basis. And I'm certain he means to build the church and care for the saints across the whole. So let's get faithful and regular and being able to set some aside. That way, when I show up, there's no having to say, here's the big problem. You're like, we're already prepped. Let's make sure we're looking at the needs of today and the needs of tomorrow, both locally and internationally, so that we can jump in and care. Now, I just want to say this. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with a one-time gift kind of collection moment. But Paul was like, I don't want to have to come and put the stress or the press down on your soul. I would love to be able to see it already prepped and ready to rock. Nothing wrong with one-time gifts. I mean, you see us do a lot of that kind of stuff around here, where whether it be backpacks or whatever else, where we end up rallying to a cause and we get after it. And those things are fine. Um, but the reality is, he's like, let's make sure there's a plan to our give. Let's make sure there's a purpose to our give. Let's make sure there's a regularity to our give that God might get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, it's a huge deal. And uh, so... That said, an illustration for you. There's three kinds of givers, okay? Three kinds of givers. The first, the first is the flint, you know, the kind where you have to hammer it. And when you hammer the flint, maybe little pieces will chip off or a spark will fly. You'll get a little something, but there has to be a hammer upon it for the give to take place. The first kind of giver is flint. You're going to have to hammer me to get anything out of me, right? The second kind of giver is like the sponge. Load it up, there's something within, right? And as you squeeze the sponge, it just floods out. The gives big, but you're gonna have to squeeze to get, right? So the sponge, that's the second kind of giver. Willing to give, but it takes a squeezing along the way. And then the third kind is the honeycomb. Just all within is starting to spill out. It just sort of bubbles out over time. And what's inside comes out. That is a cheerful, worshipful giver, on fire for Jesus Christ. And you love Christ and you love what he's doing in you and he's filling your heart. And as your heart is swelling up with this worship, it just comes out all over the place. Honeycomb style giving, that's what it looks like. So now the simple question, so which kind of giver are you? Are you like the flint? You're gonna have to hit me pretty hard and even then I don't know what's coming out. Or the sponge, I'll give it times, but I'm not giving until you say it, and then when you say it, you're going to have to squeeze a bit, and then it'll come out, and then I'm done giving for a while. 
or is it the honeycomb? Everything inside is just spilling out. I'm fired up for Christ. Man, weekly, regular, prayerful, setting aside, making much of your God, and then we're taking advantage of these offerings, making it available to you so you can use that as a spot to be collecting together. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, all right, it's a huge deal. Giving, it's important for us to consider who God is in our life and that we've got a plan and a purpose to going after it. Number two, entrust. Entrust leadership to manage rightly. Entrust leadership to manage rightly. It says, and, uh, and when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. He's like, and when I arrive, so Paul is like the apostle. He's sitting over all of the churches. He's aware of the needs in all of the churches. And he's like, as a lead authority, as an apostle sitting over, as a headship or an authority in, when I get there, we'll talk together about what's going on. So I'll have some say. Notice Paul says, I will send them. So Paul's in charge. And then the next level down, who's he sending? I'm going to send those whom you accredit. So now there's a local choosing and a global approval. There's this headship going on in the church. There's a connected together and a partnership together. And Paul's like, I will write a letter. And as I write the letter and we send them on, they will now have purpose and approval. There will be wisdom in what we're doing as they go on to Jerusalem with some of the needs to give into that specific need that we know of right now. And so you can feel the headship all around it and through it. I just wrote these two words down. Integrity and accountability. Huge deal when it comes to headship, managing what goes on financially within the churches and the broader churches internationally. Headship is integrity and accountability. Man, hear me. It's We want to make sure that together we all know what's going on. Notice what Paul said here. He's like, I will send them on. I will have a letter. You will have the local authorities chosen. And so there's some level of we can trust these guys and we're letting them manage this now. And then on top of it, the accountability comes next, as Paul says right after it. Um, and if it seems advisable that I should go also, then they will accompany me. Please notice, if I should go, well, then send them with me. I'm not going alone. I'm not managing the money alone. We're going to manage this together, accountability. It's a huge deal. And just so you know, that's a big deal within this church, integrity, accountability, and wisdom as we go after things. And we've got a budget that we run on an annual basis. We make sure that that budget is set to be right below the giving that we know is coming in. We're not trying to stockpile up, but we are trying to make sure that we make available for the needs we know of and the needs we may not know of. And so that's part of our budgeting. Just so you know, uh, about 10% of our budget every year is set to be admissions. That means it's going to local compassion and international and church plant stuff. That means for our budget, that's somewhere in the high 300s to $400,000 is going out annually, regularly as a part of missions to help plant churches, to get things rocking. Part of that is the church planting. Some of it is into, like for example, when we do the missions trips and, and there's products that we send with, medications or whatever, we buy all those and we're sending those down. That is a part 
of the costings of what takes place. We've got those already pre-budgeted in. We know where we're headed with things. So just so you know, we run according to a budget, and then those budgets are managed very wisely. Our elders take it very seriously that we have a budget to be managing, and we as staff underneath take it very seriously. All of us together walking through wisely throughout our weeks, our months, and our year here, making sure there's integrity top to bottom. Just so you know, every week when we collect this money, there are multiple counters counting at one time, together, in the same room, coming to the same number, or they recount, right? We have an integrity and an accountability on that. And then when they're handing that over, it's put into envelopes and handed to a person where they're carrying it to the bank and it gets recounted. And if it does not match the number, we got a problem, we stop, we get everything matched up. Then that gets bookkept, put into our bookkeeping right away. And then at the end of a year, we do an audit and manage everything over the year. We look back and get a financial audit. We make sure we got a ton of integrity and a ton of accountability going on in all that we're doing around here. Super fired up to be glorifying Christ. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, it's a huge deal. So just so you know, as you're giving in regularly, you're covering the needs of day-to-day ministry here. You're covering the needs of saints that are here in our benevolence and our giving into the local compassion ministries, into national church plants, into international church plants, into running some of the churches down in Haiti. There's massive amounts of ministry that takes place concerning the saints with integrity and accountability as we together as leadership work together on that. May God get the glory. And all of God's people said, right? That's a huge deal. So give worshipfully and trust mightily and watch God move, right? Number three is uh, give cheerfully. Give cheerfully. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, so go ahead and turn over there. Give you a little bit of a moment. Some of you are on phones where you're going to Move your phone Bibles over. I can't hear the pages rustle then, but that's okay. Second Corinthians 9. Make sure you get over there. Starting in verse 6. Give cheerfully. He says, the point is this. Okay, have you ever noticed that when you have to say that, that means you've been going on for a little while on a topic, and now you have to bring it back around and get everybody back to the focus, Right? So Paul's been talking about giving through all of 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. And so now he's getting to 9, 6, and he's like, all right, all right, all right, let me reset you. The point is this. Here's what I need you to grasp. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He's using a farmer's analogy here. He's like, whoever sows small is going to reap small, and whoever sows big is going to reap big. Imagine I'm like a farmer, and I've got a thousand acres. I'm looking across this beautiful soil of a thousand acres, and I'm going I'm to do some farming this year with it. So I walk up to the edge, and I look over it. I'm in awe of how good this land looks. And I reach in my pocket, and I pull out about 12 seeds, and I go, Phew. all right. There we go, I have sown, right? And the seeds kind of, they go out and the wind blows, a couple of them blow that way, they fall down. And, and then I come back later and I'm like, why do I only have 12 stalks of corn? What's up with that? And why is there no order? And what's happening with it? And he's like, 
Just like a farmer, if you chuck very few seeds into a very large field, you're going to actually have very little come out of it. Like, make sure you know that. And so if you go in and you plant very meticulously and, and in an order along the way and you're trying to make sure it makes it, you're using the whole of the land and you're planting in bountifully, man, you're going to reap bountifully along the way. Praise God for that. He's using a farmer's analogy to this thing, right? Now, that said, so what about this health, wealth, and prosperity statement then? So don't I just give big and then God will give bigger to me? Isn't that really the plan now? If I give big, God will give big. I'll, I'll sow bountifully and then I'll reap bountifully. And I just want to say this phrase, we do not give to get. We do not give to get. We give to give. And all of God's people said, okay, we do not give to get. We give to get. If you're focused when you hear this phrase, sow bountifully and you'll reap bountifully. If your thought is, man, I'm going to make a killing, you're really on the wrong side of that think, okay? You're on the wrong side of the fence. You're thinking all about what you're going to be receiving. This is about, God, I long to be there when you are looking to do something in someone's life. I long to give when you want it given, and I can't wait to see what you do. Bluntly, it never guarantees that what you reap will be exactly the same thing. You might be reaping a maturity and an insight, a perspective. You might be reaping something that God is working into your life for a longer haul. You might be reaping something more of the exact same kind. It might be that you end up coming out with more uh, material because God's looking for you to become even a bigger giver. It might be, but it might not be. It might be that God's doing something very other as he's just maturing and growing you and giving you a chance to learn to give generously. May God get all the glory, all right? So huge deal. He's like, let's make sure we uh, sow bountifully in order to reap bountifully. And our focus here is specifically on God. We look to sow for you to be able to get whatever you need in your glory. And uh, he says, each one must give as he has decided in his own heart. Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart. Uh, each one. How many? Okay, each one. So if you're kind of in the church this morning and you're sitting here, you're like, well, it looks like the church is doing well, so I'm just not going to give. It looks like God is doing a work here already, so I'm not going to give here. Just remember, each one. And we have a responsibility and we have a role to be giving to our God and each of us personally being called to go after it. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, making sure that this is a heart thing. Remember, the give is the action. The heart behind it, is it worshipful? Is it intentional? Is it proportionate? Is it sacrificial? Is it celebratory? Are you going after giving back to your God with a heart that is huge into giving? The generosity to the max. And make sure you're going after that. Notice it says each one. I would just ask, let's add a little uh, twist to that. Let's make sure that if you're married, you are talking to your spouse before you decide to give, right? Like the bad plan is you're sitting in church that day and you're like, baby, I just want to tell you God has moved and I'm writing a check and I'm not telling you the number and woo, is it good. And then you write this check and you hand it in and then afterwards you talk about it. Everybody say that's a terrible plan. Make your family a team as you give. And as you have decided to give, then you live that out, worshiping your God with all you've 
God. He said, um, make sure that you give as you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, not as flint or even as a sponge. That's what he's saying there. Not reluctantly, like you got a hammer to get it out, or even under compulsion, I'll give, but you're going to have to really press. Not that. He says, but give cheerfully, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves the heart that is euphoric about giving. I love to be there when God moves. I love to hand it over and see somebody stirred. I can't wait to be a part of God's handiwork in this world. Maybe it's something you're doing on your own. Maybe it's as you're giving into this church, but God rocking your world as you give massively. It is a worship call. And all of God's people said, huge man, Lord God, you are in charge of this universe and I'm ready to trust you with all I've got. I cannot wait to give to you. May you truly be celebrated. John Wesley, I'll just close with this quote. He said, good way to uh, get a sense of the maturity of your own heart is to check yourself on this question. How is my faith affecting my pocket? How is my faith affecting my pocket? Am I grasping that God owns it all and I'm just a manager? Am I celebrating him with all I've got? Man, our simple call as we're committed to the king is that we worship him with all we've got. It is a spiritual act of worship that is laid on the line with every breath you breathe that we're serving within the church, making it much about him. We are gifts to the church to make this place thrive. And we give both physically and financially. May God use it as he sees fit. Lord, I'm loading it on. First fruits giving, regular basis, planned with purpose that you might get the glory. That is committed to give. And all of God's people said, Let's pray.